What's up, nerds? Welcome back to Nerds of the Round Table. We got a full, uh, we got a full crew today, and we got a lot of news to cover. But before we get to that, uh, well, uh, let me do introductions first. Uh, I am Antonio Padilla, as always. With me, Cliff Miller. Cliff, say what's up. What's up, guys? And like I said, we got a full crew today. Uh, everybody, welcome back, Mr. Swagtastic Swag. Say what's up. Uh, what it do? <laughs> oh my what it god do, what it is what is what is going happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right all right so uh like i said yeah all three of us are here today uh we got a full crew we got a lot of news to get through but before we get into all of the news all of the happenings that happened this week uh we, uh it's no secret that this week uh marked the passing of not one but two legends in the nerd community and as well as uh, something else that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, it's, it has not been an easy week. Uh, if you haven't heard, director John Singleton passed away earlier this week at age 51 from uh, complications. Of, I believe he had a stroke. Uh, yeah. His family was keeping him on life support, but they made the decision to take him off of life support, and he ended up passing away. And this is... It's sad. If you don't know who John Singleton is, I mean, the man, regardless of how you felt about some of his work, the man undeniably left a mark on Hollywood and filmmaking in general. This is the man who brought us Boys in the Hood, for crying out loud. Groundbreaking uh, film. Uh, you know, um, his his body of work is so... You know, he was the first black director to receive an Academy Award nomination. I mean, that right there is is impressive. <laughs> you know, that's and uh, man, I don't even know where to start with with the rest of his filmography. Like I said, you know, Boys in the Hood, obviously, and then he did stuff like uh, Poetic Justice and oh Higher Learning. He he also directed Too Fast, Too Furious. For those of you who uh, you know. Uh, recognize some of his later work and so yeah just just a huge talent and um, you know uh, it's real sad that we lost him and especially at, like I said 51 nobody today should die that young I know 51 doesn't seem young to some of you guys but again 50 like you know earlier this year Luke Perry passed away at 52 for crying out loud John Singleton was younger than Luke Perry in that you know it just doesn't I, you know, I, I really have, I really don't know what else to say. You know, it's just, it sucks. So, so, you know, rest in peace, John Singleton. Uh, Cliff, do you have anything to say about, about the man? Yeah. Uh, I'm just a huge fan of his work. Um, you know, you'd mentioned, you know, Boys in the Hood, Product Justice, uh, Too Fast and Furious, another one, another big one that was stuck mm -hmm. with being, um, Baby Boy. Like, that's just, like, mm -hmm. one of my favorite movies that he's done. I know a lot of people probably would be like, what? But trust me, mm -hmm. um, it, it was it was such a great movie to me. Um, I did love his work for Four Brothers as well as Hustle and Flow. Mm -hmm. Like, just... That's right. He has hands in, like, all, like, these great, these great movies about black America. And it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad to see that he's gone. Um, but obviously mm -hmm. not forgotten because we're still carrying on his work. We're still talking about his work. And how much it's mm -hmm. impact us, and I mean, just Baby Boy alone came out in two thousand one, 
and we're talking about it 18 mm-hmm. years later. Like, that's just how much of an right. impact that he has. Boys in the Hood, 1991. We're talking about it, you know, geez, years, years later. You know, just. I know, right? So it is. But that's, it is... Yeah, like, that's, that's, uh, that's how strong the man's body of work is. Like, you know, those films will endure for generations. And, you know, I think that's really all anybody as an artist can ask for. Yep. I always feel like you you've done like regardless of what you've done your job when you've impacted somebody's life like in a positive way and you've Mm -hmm. like set the roles for like how a role model is supposed to be and i feel like that's that's what john has done for like just people in general like we look back at these movies and we're like man we um we understand like we get we get like a small insight into what his thought process was and it's like man I, i this movie makes me want to be a better person, you know, and I just, I yeah. can't stop thinking about things like that. So it's just, it's, it's sad, but you know, rest in peace. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Rest in peace, John. We love you. We'll miss you. But you know, thankfully you left behind some, uh, some works that we can all appreciate, you know? So and, uh, you know, unfortunately, like I said, uh, this was not the only loss that we were dealt this week. Uh, this happened uh, yesterday. Th- that's how fresh this one is. Um, Peter Mayhew. Uh, some of you may recognize that name instantly. Some of you may not. But uh, he most famously was the actor who portrayed Chewbacca in the Star Wars film. Uh, he died from a heart attack, age 74. And... You know, when I first heard this, it was, it was, it was tough for me, you know, like I didn't really, I wasn't sure how to, how to process the information that was given to me because, you know, when an actor portrays a character as iconic, you know, as Chewbacca, I mean, yes, he was in a suit under a mask and whatnot, and you never even heard his voice, but it's this thing where the character is so iconic and on such another level that kind of the person who is attached to that character sort of becomes as iconic and in a lot of ways immortal. So to hear that he passed away, you know, I was just confused, really, you know, and, uh, oh, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's like, it just sort of came out. Of, I mean, I know, I know he was already dealing with some issues. Like, I think it's worth noting that the last time he actually played Chewbacca was in uh, The Force Awakens because he was already having troubles with his knees. And so, you know, he had already sort of moved on from the role. But nonetheless, it, it, that's the, he's the person that we all sort of grew up with underneath that mask, underneath the character. So, you know, it's it's... It's tough, and uh, it's worth mentioning that you know uh, Harrison Ford, you know his his the man who played Han Solo opposite him had he had some very nice and very touching things to say about about Peter Mayhew, and if you haven't read those, uh, what he had to say, uh, go ahead and check it out. It's it's pretty uh, <laughs> it's very it's very nice. It's very lovely. So. Uh, Cliff Swag, you guys. Uh... It's it's just a shock to me, man. Like I know, like as soon as I heard the news, like I texted you, 
Um, mm-hmm. And it just, I was, I was in my daughter's, uh, she was dancing. She, she was working on dance. Um, and like, yo, it just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm thinking about like, this is, and it, it sucks to say it like this, but this is like the first of many, right? So I say that because, you know, with Stan Lee and obviously now, Chewy gone. We know like Harrison Ford is not a spring chicken, so we know like that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher, obviously. You know, it's it's if we're just looking at everybody and it's like it's just a hard pill to swallow right now. It's like all of the people that have huge, huge impacts on our lives are are about it's about to turn and we're gonna be like, What just happened? Like everybody yeah. we know, everybody that we love then these movies are they're just it's it's it you know and it's like it's it's so surreal to think and it's i know it's tough it's tough to just like comprehend and like keep in my mind it's just i don't i don't know how to put it out there yeah no yeah yeah i understand um like i said i it, you know it was it, the reason I found out was because when you text me and I was like, what, what is he talking about? And then I, you know, I, I opened up Twitter and, you know, everybody was talking about it and I was like, Oh, you know, then it sets in, you know, like swag. I know, I know you're just as big a star Wars fan as, as yeah. Cliff and I are. So, yeah, you know, man. like so much so that so, I, <laughs> I stuck. Yeah, go ahead. Battlefront too. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that was still a piece of trash, but I mean, in the end, you know. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, you know, uh, I remember you being a little kid and just loving, loving Star Wars and, (laughs) you know. So, I mean, even like, you know, like Cliff was saying, it's like people, Cliff and my age grew up with this, but so did, you know, generations after, like swag, like people don't, if you don't, know this he's like what 14 years younger than me (laughs) but i mean this stuff still had just as big an impact on him so i mean just like i was saying with with john singleton it's it's i mean yes it's sad that that they're gone but i mean you know they leave behind a legacy yeah that will endure you know what's wild is that so right now Kara and my wife and I are legitimately finishing up the Harry Potter series. And the f- next mm-hmm. set of movies that Kara wants to watch is Star Wars. And, like, <laughs> I'm going to be reintroducing her to this series because she wants to see Episode Nine. But I'm going to be reintroducing her mm-hmm. to the series knowing and be like, well, you were in dance when we found out that he passed away. <laughs> like... The guy yeah. originally playing yeah. Chewie, like it's yeah. I don't know. To me, it's just it's heart wrenching because I know I'm gonna go back through, obviously with like Carrie Fisher and then Peter. It's oh, just yeah. oh, it's just it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt like twice as bad now. And you know what? You know what I just realized too. You know what tomorrow is? May the fourth be tomorrow's with you. May the fourth. Oh man! I just realized <laughs> it too. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my goodness, this is, uh, yeah, that just makes it even worse. 
But I mean, it, there's well, at the same time, there's no better time to celebrate the man's legacy. Oh so. yeah, well, yeah. Yep. So yeah, so I. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a terrible loss, but you know, rest in peace, John Singleton. Rest in peace, Peter Mayhew and uh, Cliff. Uh, if you want to go ahead and uh, get us into this last piece before we before we move yeah. on, because uh, this is something you brought up to me right before we started recording. So, uh, you go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, friend of the show, um, he'll be on here probably soon. At least I'll try. Uh, but he has yeah, been on, we'll get him on soon. yeah, he's been on, uh, Frankensteiner, another show that he, that's on, it's on Frankenculture. Uh, so he's been on Frankensteiner. His name's Chaz Evans. Good friend of the show. An enormous, enormous nerd. Um, but really, really funny guy. Um, unfortunately, um, his daughter, who's only a few weeks old, um, passed away and it was very heartbreaking because I know how excited he was to um have have her um and you know he he said it in his facebook post that um that you know now now she's up there giving his dad a headache which i thought was <laughs> kind of funny um but we just want to send our uh, our you know our thoughts and prayers with him and his family in this time because mm-hmm. it's 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 a heavy thing to deal with right now yeah. and i couldn't imagine uh like having to deal with that heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. Our our hearts go out to you and and your family and uh like yeah, I like Cliff said, like the, it's that's something that I just hearing it, you know, like I've I've never met the guy personally, so I but just hearing that, you know, it breaks my heart and uh, you know. Yeah, it's it's so. it's wild because that's not I know it's kind of somber in the opening part of this but um it's just Mm -hmm. it's something i wouldn't even wish on my enemies like i just i could never this is too much heartache you know yeah for sure for sure so yeah like i said um my heart goes out to you man um and uh like cliff said we'd love to have you on the show in the future and we'll we'll do everything we can to make that happen so. so everybody out there be on the lookout for that so uh, so I think it's only it's only right that before we move on and start the show proper, we uh, take a moment and, uh, you know, a moment of silence for those we lost this week. All right. Now that we got all that out of the way and, uh, you know, we can start to we, let's let's move on. We'll get into some of the more uh, happier stuff and, uh, you know. Try and try and get spirits up a little bit. So let's talk about what happened this week in entertainment news and in the nerd world. Uh, but before I get into this, we're gonna start. We're gonna do a little bit more talking about Avengers Endgame because, my goodness, they made all the money last weekend. <laughs> As if Disney didn't already have all the money, now they have more of all the money. So, <laughs> so way to go, way to go, Disney. Uh, well done. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody who listened to last week's episode. My God, that episode broke all of our records for like most listened to episode. Uh, we opened up in demo- demographics that I 
I never thought would be listening to this show. So, you know, shout outs to everybody who checked out that last episode. I hope you're still with us. I hope you're listening to this episode as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, uh, let's talk about the big business that Avengers Endgame did. Like, my goodness, these numbers are mind-blowing. It opened to $1.2 billion Jeez. in its opening, <laughs> yeah, in its opening weekend. Uh, I don't mm. think that's ever been done, even for like the top grossing films of all time right now. I could be wrong. Someone fact check me on that. Uh, it opened, that was $1.2 billion uh, worldwide opening weekend. It took in 357 million domestic. That's a huge amount of money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and uh, signs point to it. Uh, it's it's not slowing down at all. Like this thing is is a juggernaut. No pun intended. That is not a reference to the Marvel Comics character. But this thing is just going and going. It's the energizer bunny of summer blockbusters. Like it just keeps going and going. It's not, it shows no signs of stopping. It's projected <laughs> to knock uh, Titanic off of its pl- uh, place on the all time grossing list by Monday. I believe, I believe they're predicting it will do that by Monday, uh, but we'll see. Like I said, uh, the weekend has only just begun, and uh, they're predicting massive numbers this weekend again. So I really don't know what to say other than, you know, congratulations, Disney, Marvel, everybody involved. That's a lot of money. That's money I'll never see. That's one. That's for sure. <laughs> so, so, Cliff, uh, yeah, Cliff, what it, you got anything to say about this? Well, first of all, it's just it's amazing at the fact that it's so as of April thirtieth, it's actually done one point four billion dollars, which still it's an scrabbing amount number. And I think what they say is like, is it the twenty eighth or thirty eighth movie to break a billion dollars? Because it wasn't. I'm not sure. I think they said <laughs> it was the twenty eighth, but it's like the eighth uh, Marvel movie. Yeah, it's to already break a billion. Break a billion. Yeah, and it's all it's already at like number five all time highest grossing it's, so far. It's like that's insane. After one weekend, it's already the fifth highest grossing film, the highest grossing film of all time. That's insane. <laughs> Unprecedented. Think about this though. Like here's the crazy part, right? So Black Panther, uh Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Frozen, The Incredibles 2, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, uh, Captain Marvel. Like, that's just, that's movies I could think of off the top of my head that have, from Disney, that broken a billion dollars. And we're not even like, oh, Avengers, the first Avengers movie. <laughs> like, we're just, yeah. it's so incredible, <laughs> like, how much of a juggernaut this is. And we're talking about possibly going to $2 billion for Endgame. Like, that's... Mm-hmm incredible no pun intended yeah, towards incredible two billion possible after its second weekend again unprecedented like i i don't think a movie's ever re- i don't think any movie has reached that those kind of numbers that fast that's insane yeah mm-hmm. and i saw an interesting stat earlier today though um that zoe is it saladala is that pronounced saldana saldana 
Thank you. So Zoe will be the first actress to break two billion or have two movies break two billion dollars. The mm, only I think yeah, I said the only that, two, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm like, yo, that's wild with Endgame and Avatar. It's like, yo, big ups yeah. to you, girl. Pick and write projects. Yeah. Yo, girl, you need to like start demanding more money. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something clearly something's working. So go get your money, girl. Swag, what do you have to say about all this? Like, give me, give me some of your opinions. Uh, well, I mean it's kind of expected to make this kind of money. I mean, like it's all this time, you know, all these years, all these movies coming Mm -hmm. into, you know, the big finish, like the finale. So, I mean, like it it makes sense. You know, everybody wants to be there. They want to see how this ends. Oh, but I mean, it's still like, it's huge. (laughs) Like it's, it's a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah that's a lot of money but it, it, it's crazy because i was thinking about it you guys realize it's it's i believe today right it's the 11th anniversary the 11 year anniversary of the first iron man right that's crazy and i bring that up specifically because swag do you remember i took you to see that movie yeah. opening weekend you were what seven at the time yeah, yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah. yeah we went to see the the first iron man opening weekend in theater this was how long ago this was do you remember like we had no trouble getting into the first showing yeah no trouble at all we just showed up at the theater got our tickets like yeah we, we're gonna go see iron man and they're like all right here you go and we went in there and watched the movie loved the movie fantastic but do you remember, I don't know if you remember this, you might have been too young to remember this, but the movie, after it was over, the credits started rolling, everybody got up and left, and like the usher came in and saw me, you, sitting there, and it was like, what are you, what are you doing, what are you waiting for? And I was like, I'm just waiting for Nick Fury to show up. <laughs> the, yeah, I remember. The, and they were like, uh, you, you sure you're in the right movie? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. That. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like that's oh man, that's just a funny little story that I wanted to tell cuz you know, like you said, like this is it's been 11 years in the making and it's it's it was one heck of a ride, man. I, I Oh yeah. And like like I was there from the beginning, Swag was there from the beginning, Cliff I know was there from the beginning. Maybe not like in theaters, I don't know. Did you see this one in theaters, Cliff? The original I, Iron Man. You know, I I did see it. I'm trying to remember because it came out in May. Yeah, I actually, yeah, you texted me and told me not to leave the theater, and I didn't. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yeah, cause I, it's it, it's it's of note uh, to people who grew up in the Marvel era, like. People didn't do that back then. Like the credits would roll, yeah. and it was like, "All right, that's it. Everybody, True. get up, go home. That's the movie." And so, it, yeah, it that really was like as much as I give uh, Disney and Marvel crap for some of the decisions that I didn't really agree with, but like the truth is that movie changed uh, cinema, yeah, like forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so 
I think it's worth celebrating that film on the 11th anniversary. And just as uh, the, the finale to that particular arc is just doing gangbusters at the, <laughs> at the <laughs> box office. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's incredible. So, so like I said, kudos, kudos to everybody involved. Like clearly somebody knew what they were doing, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't Disney originally. I don't know. I don't know if you guys remember this. Like Disney, Disney didn't actually own Marvel until like 2009. Right. So when that first Iron Man came out and the, the incredible Hulk, like that was Marvel just doing its thing on their own. Like they were not owned by Disney at that point. So. And they already set the plan. They already knew what they were doing. (laughs) Yeah. Disney was like, we'll back you. Here's your money. Just let us be a part (laughs) of your ride. Speak. Yeah, Disney saw how much money that first Iron Man movie made, and they were like, "You know what? I think we should acquire these people." I think, <laughs> so, I think, I think they got something here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to hear something wild? So yeah, 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 yeah. What's up? So I was I was in the gym the other day, and a fan of the show uh, stopped me, and uh, he was like, "Hey, I have a have a question for you," and I was like, "Yeah, shoot, what's up?" He was like, um, so are you guys ever going to talk about Blade? I was like, <laughs> yeah, we do. We pretty much reference that every time that we, it yeah, started. Yeah, we mentioned Blade a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we talk about how it started this whole thing. Like, if it yeah, wasn't for yeah. Blade, we'd get no X-Men. We wouldn't have Iron Man. And we wouldn't have, you know, Captain America, especially the Endgame. And uh, he was just yeah. like... Oh, oh! All right, cool. I'm just, I'm just glad that you guys acknowledged that that film. I was like, dude, we've been running this way before you're ever born. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, for, sure. for sure. Like I talked about this last year because last year was the Jesus. This is gonna make me feel old. Last year was the 20th anniversary of the original, the first Blade. Hell yeah! And I talked about that online, where I saw that movie in theaters. I was 11 years old. Yeah, I had no, I had no right to be anywhere near that movie in theaters, <laughs> but and yet there I was watching that movie, and like that movie. Like I, I know we're supposed to be talking about Avengers, but I mean, like Blade is uh, uh, that movie like changed my life. Like I, I don't think anybody <laughs> realizes. Swag might know this, but like yeah. that style of filmmaking, and like the soundtrack cliff you know that soundtrack yep. is it's still like one of my all-time favorite movie soundtracks uh and of course we had to we got to give props to the man wesley snipes mm-hmm. like everything about that movie just hit it just clicked whether it was wesley snipes whether it was the the, the soundtrack whether it was the direction whether it was the script by uh, David S. Goyer, who would go on oh to God. become kind of the godfather of comic book movies. Uh, that man could do no like wrong. It, it, <laughs> for sure. For sure. I love that guy. I love his work. Screw all the haters out there. So, <laughs> I mean, this is the guy who co-wrote the Dark Knight trilogy for crying out loud. So anybody who's got a problem with David S. Goyer, uh, you can take it up with that particular trilogy. At me. <laughs> Any, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, that movie like really, it not only did it change my world, but like we like Cliff was saying, like that movie 
I always give that movie the credit for kicking off the comic book movie craze because it did. Like it was, it was an R-rated comic book movie for crying out loud, and it was a very obscure comic book character. Like not a whole lot of people knew who Blade was at the time, and for being an R-rated vampire superhero comic book movie in 1998 for it to come out and like just destroy the box office the way it did back then and sort of to change the the pop cultural zeitgeist the way it did was incredible mm-hmm. i mean it still is to, to this day when you look back on it, it, it it's fantastic i love that film and like i said i believe i talked to you about it last year as well i was like cliff man i i rewatched the first blade still holds up it still does like you can go back and watch that movie right now and it still holds up like i introduced swag to the blade movies yeah (laughs) that movie i was like you gotta watch these movies man like it's awesome we're definitely definitely sidetracking this but the best the best i still quote that i still quote that line i look at people and some motherfuckers are always trying to skate uphill (laughs) i still (laughs) say that to people i'm like God bless, man. I'm sitting there thinking now, you know, like, 98. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, 98. 98, that movie's been out there. Like, yeah, it still has a uh, an impact on me like that, too. Like, the one I always... Is, remember when he was in the hospital and the security guards shoot him and the bullets bounce off his, his armor? He's like, <laughs> motherfucker, you out of your goddamn mind? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one I'm always just like... <laughs> I'll yes. throw that one out there every now. That is then. awesome. <laughs> so, but you know, but yeah. So to 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 anybody out there who's who's like, Are you guys ever gonna acknowledge Blade? We acknowledge Blade all the time. We oh, love yeah. Cliff and I love those movies. We love that. So I'm still hoping that we get a, we get a new set of Blade films. And I am of that fan base who's like, not a reboot. No, no, no. Like, you bring Wesley back. All right, you have him play Blade, and you retroactively put the the original Blade into continuity with the MCU. Yes, like yeah. I think that's the way to, that's the way to do it. I think I one hundred percent agree so, with this. I'd yes, I'd like to see a whole Marvel Knight series just kind of get built and then included. I just yeah. I like you know Ghost Riders. It definitely needs to be a character that gets revamped. I. I just, I just want to see like that workout. Just yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a really good idea, though. Like, I think that like uh, Marvel, like Disney, Marvel, like they should, they should start the Marvel Knights uh, imprint of their of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like, because like if they're afraid to do like R-rated superheroes, that's the way to do it. You just create a, a, a you know, an imprint. Where it's like, these are our more hard-edged heroes. You know, like, this is where you would get your Blade or your Ghost Rider or your Punisher. Like, I know that the Punisher Netflix show was out there, but I mean, you know, that show's been canceled. So, if you wanted to do a new Punisher, this is where you put him in. And then you could still have them interact with the larger MCU. You know? Like, you you could have Spider-Man, like, swing through the background of a shot where Blade is, like, tracking down some guy or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you could do little things like that. So, yeah, Marvel, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. 
Marvel, you're leaving money on the table right now. I'm, and I'm showing you, like, I mean, you just made all the money, but, like, <laughs> there's still some money out here. And I'm telling you how to get it. So, <laughs> I think they're, they just made so, $1.4 I'm pretty sure they're about to make another $600 million. 600 million. We're about to see a $2 billion yeah. increase. I think they can afford this. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, that's, that's a cute idea, kid. But I think we know what we're doing. You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, you guys, you guys, you guys keep doing what you're doing. All right, I'm just a kid down here with a dream. That's all I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, we gotta keep we gotta keep moving on. So uh, uh, Avengers Endgame, congratulations to everybody involved, making all the money, uh, and you're gonna make even more money this weekend. We know that. So congratulations. <laughs> all right, so. In other news, that's not uh, Marvel just taking all the money out of our wallets. <laughs> we got we got some some casting news for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, and one of these got me super excited because it's somebody I really I know, uh, somebody you all know, uh, maybe you just don't know his name. And then the other one is a, a newcomer who, uh, the fact that I don't know much about them. Makes me excited. So, the first one that popped up this week was actor David Desmalchin. If you don't recognize that name, you'll recognize some of his credits. He plays Kurt in uh, the Ant Man movies. You know the uh, how do I describe this guy? He's uh, <laughs> you 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 know Baba Yaga? That guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's. Uh, but uh, I like I when I this news came out, everybody who follows me online knows I, I I said, "Welcome back home, Dave." The reason I say that is because this man has roots in the DC world. His second uh, film television credit was in The Dark Knight, and some of you might not remember when was that guy in The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Remember the the crazy guy that Harvey quote unquote interrogates. <laughs> that was him. Nope. That was Dave Desmalton. So, and his performance in that movie left a left an impression on me because every time I would see him afterwards, I was like, "Yo, that's the dude from The Dark Knight." <laughs> so, <laughs> so his performance in that film, as small as it was, left an impression on me. And then he just kept showing up in other superhero related stuff. Like I said, he's in Ant Man, he's in Ant Man and the Wasp. But then most recently, he also appeared in multiple episodes of Gotham. Uh, I don't remember who he played on that show. Cliff, you might be able to help me out. Um, I'm, You know what's so funny is I'm actually like scrolling through it right now. So he plays right. uh, well, Dwight. What, what? Dwight is who he plays. He's like a... Ah, right on. Okay. Oh, sorry. It just clicked who the <laughs> fuck he was. <laughs> <laughs> while we're on air um yeah, yeah so uh to kind of give you a, a download on who he is so dwight is obsessed with jerome um aka mm. the joker um but once there's a set of events that happen in the movie he has this huge obsession and he actually um you guys will remember from the comic book where joker actually stapled his face back on Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, New 52. So the person he took the face from was David. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> David actually 
cuts his face off, cuts Joker's face off, wears it, and then the real joke, uh, oh, real Jesus. drone comes and takes it back and <laughs> staples his, his face. face. Yeah. Oh man, that's I'm, insane. I'm that's so insane. glad that that's how like I remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting that in in these two different versions, like he played a character who had connections to the Joker. That's, like, that's what I was crazy. thinking. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Because it's it's uh, funny because okay, like so then uh, in the oh, dark, go ahead, go ahead. In a dark night, he's credited as Joker's thug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like to see him now, <laughs> fast forward to be Joker's thug in Gotham. Yes, I want. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that that's pretty cool. That's a very cool connection. And then uh, more recently, Swag, you'll you'll recognize this one. He played a comic book villain Abracadabra on season three. Yeah, season three of The Flash. And that was actually a really a really good memorable episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a good one, and he was really great in that role. He got to be menacing, but also kind of goofy. So, yeah. the fact that he's joining the Suicide Squad... Oh, and I didn't even get to say who he's playing. Uh, he's been cast as Polka Dot Man, <laughs> which which I think is kind of perfect for this guy, for Dave. <laughs> like he, He's got that look, and the character is kind of a ridiculous character anyways. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what he does with the character. I, I'm super hyped, super hyped on this. Swag, what do you think? Uh, just more I hear about this the Suicide Squad, like more I can't wait, man. Like, yeah, James Gunn, he's, <laughs> I like, we already knew, like, just from his stuff with you know Guardians, like he's he's doing pretty good in the comic book, you know, films, like oh for sure. I think he's got it nailed down, like you know he 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 knows what he you know what he wants to do with it and he makes it work like especially with like the super obscure characters that nobody really hears about like that's yeah that's great to know that he wants to use that kind of stuff oh for sure for sure because i remember this is a story i always tell people but uh and cliff you can back me up on this but uh i remember when they announced like uh, James Gunn is going to be doing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy for, for Marvel. And I was like, Guardians of the Galaxy? I know that comic book. It's stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, who wants to see a movie based on those a-holes? And it turned out everybody does. So, <laughs> But I mean, that's, that's the magic that James Gunn brings. Like, he can take like some of the dumbest, most ridiculous material and somehow make it work. Because I I don't think people understand just how ridiculous and kind of stupid the Guardians of the Galaxy comic book was. But I always give the man credit because, Cliff, you'll remember this. I was not a big fan of James Gunn prior to that. Like, I hated the guy just based on what I had seen of him in interviews and his previous body of work. I was like, this guy's a he's a hack. I hate him. Can't stand him. (laughs) <laughs> and then he do- he did what he did, and I was like, you know what? I think I was a little too harsh on this guy. <laughs> so <laughs> so he, he turned me around. He made me a believer, so I can't wait. Like Swag was saying, I can't wait to see what he does with these characters and this property. 
uh, Cliff, what do you what are your thoughts on this? Oh, I'm hyped. I'm not gonna lie. It's just it's and and you kind of said it best. Like I'll be honest, I didn't know James Gunn as like mm-hmm. like that. I was just like, all right, cool. I don't know. You hopefully you do a good <laughs> job. And then uh, then I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was like. This is like one of my favorite movies all fucking time. And then he did the sequel. I was like, this is my favorite sequel of all time. It was my second favorite sequel of all time. <laughs> I got to pay respects to the Dark Knight. Anyway, but yeah, so I 100% was like on board. And now that he's there in the Suicide Squad and everything's kind of coming together, I'm just like, yo, this is, this is going to be hardcore. I cannot wait to see like how the yeah. movie plays his obviously he's got like a dark sense of humor which i think is gonna fit perfect for um oh, for sure for dceu for sure. i can't wait yeah yeah yeah. straight up straight up and then um in addition to this piece of casting news like i said we got two pieces of casting news for the suicide squad uh newcomer i hope i'm pronouncing her name correctly uh if i'm not i apologize but uh newcomer daniela Melchior, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, uh, has been cast as Ratcatcher. Now, this is an interesting piece of news because the character in the comic books has traditionally been a male character. And the fact that they've kind of gender swapped it for the film, uh, you know, I I have nothing bad to say about it. I like it. I dig it. Uh, And like I was saying earlier, I don't know who this actress is. I've kind of looked up her body of work and I don't see anything that I would recognize her from. Uh, but this kind of makes me even more excited about it because, you know, uh, this person could potentially surprise all of us with an amazing performance. But then also the character from the comic books is has a very interesting look, to say the least. So <laughs> I'm really more excited to see what they do for the physical appearance of the character, because uh, this actress, she's very beautiful, very beautiful. So the possibilities for what they could do, like, cause I imagine like they're, they're probably going to grunge her up a little bit, you know? Uh, oh, cause the character kind of always looks like he, uh, you know, from the comic books, it, he kind of always looks like he, he spends a lot of time in the sewer, which makes sense. You know, he's, he's the rat catcher. So I'm interested to see what they do visually with the character. So, yeah, uh, like I said, I don't really know the, know the actress, so I can't really speak to whether or not she's a good fit or not, but uh, I am excited. I am interested. Now, Cliff, swag, thoughts? Fun fact, she was born two years before Blade came out. Jesus, <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. 1996. So uh, actually, so coincidentally, she was born 10 years after my sister because she was born in 96. Like to oh, the day, wow. yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah, very young. Uh, I definitely, I, I'm, uh, I'm very curious. I, I should say is the word I'm looking for because you're mm-hmm. right. Ratcatcher is like very grungy, and I kind of like that idea about him. I like that and. To see it as a female, I think it's going to be like, it's going to be great because, you know, James Gunn is going to be able to play like all sorts of jokes like off of her. Oh, yeah. Off of sure. that. <laughs> so I can't wait. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, and for anybody out there who doesn't know, Ratcatcher uh, is one of the more obscure 
uh, Batman villains <laughs> that kind of got lost in the shuffle. Like, you know, like everybody recognizes your Jokers, your Two Faces, and whatnot, but I don't think anybody really remembers Ratcatcher. So <laughs> this will be a nice, uh, a nice little resurgence for the character. I think. Uh, Swag, what do you, what do you think? Uh, not much. Just like you know, can't wait to see what they do with the character, how that goes. Just uh, yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> agreed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those were the big uh, casting announcements that came out this week. Uh, and uh, now we're going to get into something that wasn't so great this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I know all three of us kind of oh have thoughts and opinions on this whole thing. Swag, I know you've got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole book ready to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, we're going we're gonna to dive right into it, people. If you don't know... Boy, did this set the internet on fire this week. <laughs> so so Paramount Pictures released their first official trailer for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And to say that fans were critical would be putting it lightly. <laughs> now, I'm going to go ahead and just jump out here first and say uh, way back when they announced this movie... I honestly had no like thoughts or opinions. I was like, "Oh, you're gonna make a Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Sure, you are." But <laughs> here we are. Here we are, and we've seen the trailer, and um, it's not good <laughs> for for multiple reasons. Um, uh, everything from the film, everything about this trailer has been criticized from certain actors performances the the writing of certain jokes uh and then most of all this is the thing we're going to talk about most because this is the thing that's got the most attention uh, the title character's appearance in the film now uh this is probably going to be unpopular opinion but i honestly didn't think he looked bad i mean i didn't think he looked great but i didn't think he looked bad now i know Everybody else on the internet thinks the the opposite. So I'm gonna go ahead and let Swag Cliff. Uh, what did you think of this trailer? What did you think about Sonic's appearance? I didn't quite watch the the trailer. Like, I mean, I just I, I opened up YouTube like what like yesterday, and yeah. I was scrolling through my recommended because I was just sitting there waiting for something to pass by, like a loading screen or something. And I was scrolling through recommended, and I saw like a thumbnail with Sonic on. I was like, "Hey!" <laughs> I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and even Shadow was in the the party party with me, and we were, I was talking with him, and I was like, "This is horrifying." <laughs> <laughs> you turned into uh, you turned into Weasel from Deadpool. Yeah. You are. Haunting to look at. Yeah, exactly. That's exa- I just went on <laughs> Like I was like, the teeth are just. It doesn't look right. Like it just... yeah, I do agree with people on that criticism. Those teeth are are. I think that's probably the most disturbing part of the design. Yeah. Like it's just like who signed off on that? Because that really was the part where I was like, ugh. Yeah, that, please. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, so yeah, Cliff, what do you? What were your thoughts? What were your reactions to this? All right. So I have to agree with the five hundred and twenty-four thousand people who gave the thumbs down to uh the dislike the, tra- the dislike <laughs> for the trailer. I just yeah. We can start with the teeth. Um, the body is fucking weird. Uh, yeah, the body is I will, very weird. I will admit something that I did like, right? Which wasn't mm-hmm. a whole lot. It was just one thing. It was the pile of tennis shoes that Sonic like threw to the side because he was like burning through mm-hmm. all of his souls. Yeah. I really did appreciate that because it definitely looked cool. But everything else yeah. sucked. Except... <laughs> <laughs> except Jim Carrey, which I will say, I didn't know how I felt about him being Doctor Robotnik, but seeing his performance, mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not mad about this." And then, obviously, towards the end of the trailer, we got a bigger showing of him. So I'm not, I'm not yeah. terribly yeah, down you, you get to see, on like, him. Sort of the classic appearance, but I am worried yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, I, I, st- I am. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I am worried about. Jim's back because he's gonna have to carry this film because yeah. <laughs> rest of the shit sucked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I know there's like uh, I still love Jim Carrey. I do, and I uh, I will watch anything the man chooses to do at this point in his career. If that includes this movie, I'll go watch <laughs> it just for him. However, yes. um, yeah, like the rest of the movie just doesn't look good <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying not to be so negative here but i mean it's hard not to no <laughs> um <laughs> i saw online people were saying uh there's a theory out there and i kind of like this theory but people are saying uh sonic is secretly a sequel to hop the movie <laughs> where james james marsden has to team up with the Easter Bunny, and people were doing like side by side comparisons, like screenshots from the two movies, and I'm like, "Yo, there might be something to this theory." <laughs> so, I kind of dig that, uh, whether it was intentional or not. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. This movie, I don't know. Yo, can like I, I said, I didn't think, I didn't think Sonic looked terrible, but I do understand where people kind of lost their minds over it so <laughs> and, and this is where we're gonna differ because i think sonic looked horrible <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that's totally fair that's i'm not saying you guys are wrong for thinking that i'm just oh boy i, I haven't just... seen people react this negatively to something online since the 2016 ghostbusters reboot <laughs> so <laughs> And like I said, I I like that movie, but everybody else seems to hate it. So I don't know. I don't know. But just... uh, the real reason we're talking about this is because uh, yesterday, I believe, right, Cliff? It was yesterday. Yeah. The director of the film uh, issued a statement uh, on Twitter, I believe, where he said in regards to all the criticism the character took for his appearance. He said, uh, let me see. I'm trying to find the quote. Here. I got it. Oh, I got it right here. He said, thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. Now, 
I have uh, mixed feelings about this because, like, on the one hand, I think it's like I think it's good when people like when like criticism comes along and they say, "Okay, all right, you know what? Maybe we messed up, and we need to take a step back and reassess the situation and make changes accordingly." I get that, but at the same time. Like, if they had the character rendered and they had the design finalized, this is where it gets tricky because a film like this, you have to understand, like, a movie like this has to move merchandise, whether it's toys or T-shirts or whatever, whatever the merchandise associated with this movie is. So that design had to be finalized, like, way early on in the production of this film, probably before they even started filming. And then those designs get sent off to like the, the merchandise manufacturers so that they can print it on t-shirts so that they can make toys based on it. And so for them to be this late in the game saying, oh, we hear you. You don't like the design. We're going to go ahead and fix that for you. That means all that work that people did, uh, whether it was making toys or t-shirts or whatever, all that just out the window. Like, you know what I mean? And now they've got to slave away at redoing all of this when they already did their job. So now they've got to do it again, but at at a shorter turnaround time because they're this far along. Like I said, they've got the trailer out and like, this is going to be a nightmare for those people. Like, like, yes, I get where the fans are coming from. And yes, I get like, like I said, I think it's good when people say like, okay, we messed up. But at the same time, it's like the power of the internet is like you can't underestimate it at this point because like this is what happens nowadays yeah. where it, it kind of makes everybody's life it makes everybody's life who is involved with the making of this film hell. <laughs> you know, and I don't think that's fair to those people. So it's a mixed bag for me. Uh so yeah, like what well, what do you guys think about this? About them sort of taking all this criticism and saying like, okay, we're going to redesign the character. Like, how do you feel about that this late in the game? I'm with you. Like, yeah, like you know, I agree. Like, it's it's good that they're listening to the feedback and actually doing something about it. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like all the hard work that everybody else for like you know toys and like just all the merchandise it's just having to erase all that progress and start from the beginning and have to yeah. make it to that goal with a with less time than they had when they had you know the first go at yeah. all that stuff yeah and it makes me wonder like uh because this is a this is a property that's been around for Again, this is going to make me feel old, but this is a property that's been around for over 20 years at this point. Like, they didn't think to have, like, focus groups, like, come in and, and weigh in on the designs, like, when they were first, you know, figuring out what to make this character look like. Like, that's a pretty... Important the oversight thing. there. Yeah, it's... it's yeah. Unless, and I've heard this theory thrown around a lot in regards to this whole debacle... Somebody said this is either, like I said, really bad oversight or brilliant marketing for the film. 
Mm. Because somebody somebody posed the question like maybe they did this on purpose. Maybe they maybe this redesign that we're gonna get was what they intended all along, and this horrible abomination that they delivered <laughs> in the trailer and whatnot was just to get people talking so that then they could be like, Okay, we're gonna change the design, and then everybody would be like, Wait, what's happening? <laughs> and so everybody would be talking about the movie, and you know what they say, any press is good press. Yeah. So so I don't know, man. I don't. I honestly don't know what to make of all of this. Like Cliff, uh, what do you th- what do you think? What do you make of all this? No, I I think it's I think I have to agree with you guys, right? I just want to start that off. Like, it sucks mm-hmm. for people who are making the toys, for people who sculpted all those toys, for the T-shirt designs. It sucks mm-hmm. for those guys. I one hundred percent know, like, especially running a T-shirt business when you fuck shit up. Yeah. You have to go back and fix it. Yeah. It it sucks. But to be honest, and you're right, <laughs> there should have been a focus group that's like, hey, we've oh, been watching sure. this character since 1991. We fucking yeah. know what Sonic is supposed to look like, and it doesn't look like a fucking <laughs> unibrow hedgehog <laughs> thing running around. And and I get it, right? But this is where like Mm-hmm. leaked concepts and stuff like that is supposed to happen so that people can come back and be like hey look that's not legit that doesn't look good at all i mean look at let's let's be honest let's look at detective pikachu right when that trade when that mm-hmm. image dropped we were all like what the fuck when we first heard ryan reynolds we were like what the fuck and then we saw the image up we we're like <laughs> yeah. what the fuck and then we saw the trailer we we're like hey what the fuck and we liked yeah. it oh all right <laughs> okay <laughs> And then with Sonic, yeah, there I think, was a lot of WTFs on that movie, <laughs> right? And I think with uh, with Sonic, has you had the same idea where you put an image out there and you're like, "Hey guys, this is a this was a concept image," and you you leak it. I say that with air quotes. You leak it, um, uh-huh. and then people you'll see how fans react, and they could be like on board, yeah. off board, and then you can make the changes based off that. I I really think it sucks, but. My biggest challenge is for people who are listening to the show now and for people who are going to listen to the show later, um, and we're just talking like the next year, um, I challenge you, uh, yeah. now that we're getting these changes, uh, go support the movie. Because think about all the hard work these guys are putting in now for all the overtime because mm-hmm. of an oversight. Straight up, yeah. We need to go support the yeah. movie. And we really need to showcase show, hey, this is a character that we truly love, and we want to see the Super Smash Brothers universe get brought together. <laughs> straight up straight <laughs> up yeah i agree i agree with what cliff said i mean like if this is like if you truly care about this character like you should support this film um you know like just because you didn't like the the this original character design like uh, like we said like they're they're changing it so go and show them some support like show them you need to show people that we're not just a bunch of crybabies online who get upset <laughs> and you know yeah. like like I mean, like, it's okay to not like something, but, like, when somebody, a a filmmaker or a studio or something does something like this where they're like, okay, we hear you, we're going to make the changes, like, that's worthy of supporting somebody or something that does that for you. Super facts. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I'm with Cliff. I I, I feel like we, we should probably support them. You know, just, like I said, like, don't, don't be those guys. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know Don't be those people who just could, yeah. You know exactly who <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, and you know who you are. All right. 
So don't be those guys. That's all I'm saying. All right. Like I said, I'll go watch this movie for Jim Carrey alone, even if they keep that original design. Like I'll go watch it for him (laughs) because I honestly think he looks pretty good as Dr. Robotnik. Like when we see him in like the, the old school Dr. Robotnik getup, I think he looks pretty good. So yeah, yeah, I'll go support the film just for, for that man. I, so I, yeah, you guys, you guys have any scene. I only hope for mm-hmm. one scene. I just need Colonel Stars and Stripes to punch Cyclops in the face and say, you know why. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> you know why. Yeah, <laughs> I get that reference. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, anybody, uh, Swag, you got any final thoughts? I think Cliff just gave his. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, not much, but I will. I didn't want to bring this up. It's funny that, Cliff, you brought up uh, Detective Pikachu because there was mm. a, during all of this, there was a, a, there's a channel that I follow, can't recall his name right now, but he, he does like animations and stuff. <laughs> and he did one where it opens up and it's like a dad and his son and they're, they're walking out of the theater, right, from Detective Pikachu and the kid's like, oh, that was fun, I loved it, and I love. I was like, yeah, I love the design of the character and this and that. And then, like, Paramount shows up. It's like, well, you, if you love that, you'll love this. And then, like, <laughs> Sonic pops up and it's all messed up and <laughs> just creepy. And the kid's like, Dad, is that the devil? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> I can't. You're gonna have to send us a link to that. I, I gotta, will. I, I, I gotta will. see that. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's Swag's final thought on the Sonic. <laughs> uh, anybody out there uh, who's listening, feel free to to send us your thoughts and opinions on this whole thing. Uh, you know, tweet at us, leave them in the comment section, whatever. Yeah, man. I, uh, oh boy. Like I said, this week. This week has been a roller coaster. So, <laughs> but it's not all bad. Uh, on the contrary, uh, uh, some news dropped this week that got me personally very excited. I know it also got some other people excited. And uh, this is something I'm going to do quite a bit of talking about this because it's something that I love so much. But um, <laughs> so it was announced. <laughs> it was announced on the first May first that. Uh, Director Jonathan Levine, Levine, Levine. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that. Uh, but he set up a deal with Lionsgate Films uh, to create his own. Well, I think he's already created his own, like uh, his own production company, Megamix. But he signed a deal through Megamix with uh, Lionsgate Films to. It's a first look deal. And he and through this deal, he has now set up a television series based on one of my favorite uh, book series, Warm Bodies. Now, if that title sounds familiar to you, it's because there was also a film adaptation of the first book, also directed by Jonathan Levine back in 2013. Uh, Now, this has me really excited because uh, I... I read that first book before I saw the movie and I fell in love with that book. Swag knows it. Uh, I know Cliff knows it as well. And 
so when the movie was coming out, I got so excited about it because I started, you know, that first trailer that came out, Swag, you remember. I was like, oh, my yeah. God, they nailed it. They nailed it. They got the tone right. They got the humor right. It, it's, it's awesome. So I was super excited for that film, and I saw the film. And I always tell people this because I know there are people out there who are, always believe that the book is better than the movie. And I always point to this as like, I think this is an instance where the movie is just as good as the book. Because I feel like that film as an adaptation hit all the right notes. It didn't leave out anything important. I mean, yes, there were a few things that I wish had made it to the film that didn't, but I mean, overall, it was still a very enjoyable experience. Um, so I loved that first book. I loved that first movie. But then uh, an interesting thing happened where originally there was only one book, but then the author of that book, uh, Isaac Marion, who I'm a big fan of, uh, follow him on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. The guy is, he's, he's brilliant. He's funny. He's genuinely funny. And he, he's just, he's just a great guy. He's very interactive with his fan base. So if you're a fan of, uh, if you're a fan of Warm Bodies in whatever medium, whether it's the film or the books, uh, go follow this guy, support the guy because he is, like I said, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant writer. Uh, these books, that's right, I said books. There's more than one book. <laughs> there are four <laughs> books total now. Um, but yeah, the second book of which is actually a prequel called The New Hunger, and that one came out, I believe, in 2014. 2015 somewhere in there and that book is amazing um and if you know me at all you know i hate prequels so me telling you that this book is amazing should tell you how much you should you should give it a read because it does like swag you know i talked to you about it i was like i don't want to know who r was before he was a zombie i don't want to know that stuff you know like i want to move forward with the story and i yeah. think isaac marion knew that as well because even though The New Hunger is a prequel, it still begins post-R's transformation into zombie. It begins with him waking up and becoming a zombie. So we still don't even get answers as to who he was prior to that. And I was like, that's good, man. That's brilliant. I like that. Like, this guy gets me. <laughs> so, so then I read that book, and it was, it was awesome. It's fantastic. And then in 2017... He dropped the third book, which happens after Warm Bodies. It's called The Burning World. This is interesting to talk about because the third book was supposed to be the final book. But as he was writing it, he was constantly saying, like, uh, the page count for this book is so massive. You know, like, at, at one point he was like, it's already twice the size of, uh, of Warm Bodies. And I was like, oh, man, that's going to be an epic. And then at some point he was like, this thing has gotten out of control. This thing is a zombie epic. Those were his own words. And um, it, it was looking more and more like he was going to have to split the book in two. And eventually that's what he ended up doing. So the third book, which was supposed to be the final book, got split into two books. And that's how we got The Burning World and The Living, which just released, uh, I believe, at the end of last year. And um, Swag will tell you, because like as I was reading The Burning World, <laughs> like I was like, oh my god, dude, you, you, guess, what, guess what happened? Guess what happened here? Just, just, 
this happened, this character reveal and this and that. And like it, it really is that thrilling and that gripping. So I bring all this up because if they're going to do a television series based on these books, I honestly would prefer that over a series of movies because if you were to adapt each book as one season, like I, I honestly don't know how you do the new hunger. Like if you start there, and that's season one, and then you do Warm Bodies, that's season two. But regardless of how you do that, by the time you get to The Burning World and The Living, those books are so massive, you could get four seasons out of those two books alone. Maybe more. So, yeah, I honestly think the television medium for this story is a better fit. As much as I love that movie, the Warm Bodies movie, uh, this to me feels like some, this feels right to me. And I can't wait. I can't wait until we start hearing more about this. I mean, I found out about it because the, the author of the book series, Isaac Marion tweeted it out. And prior to this, he was hinting at something warm bodies related coming. Like uh, most people thought it was another movie, like, uh, you know, like a sequel. Mm-hmm. but he was so tight-lipped about it. He was like, I can't say anything right now. You guys are just going to have to keep your ears open. And then he tweeted this out. It was the article that announced all this. And I was like, so excited. I'm so excited. I still, I'm still excited. I can't wait to see what happens. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I wanted to talk about this. Cause like I said, this is something that it, it is very, it, it's something I, I care about a lot. It's something I'm very passionate about. And I feel like not enough people give the give this series its due because I remember at the time when the movie came out, people were like, oh, it's just Twilight with zombies. It's not. <laughs> like, not even close. I mean, yes, there's a love story in there, but at the heart of the story, even the original Warm Bodies book, the, the story is more about what it is to be human and just what it means to be a monster. And just how just how thin the line between the two of them are. Like there are human monsters, and there are monsters that are human. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that's something that I'm very fascinated by. Uh, so, and it it gets deeper and deeper with that analogy, with each book, and it becomes more and more this dire this story about survival, you know, not necessarily survival horror, but what it means to survive, like not even physically, like spiritually and mentally, you know, because it's about these people who are living in, in a post-apocalyptic world and what the ramifications and the fallout of something like that are. Like, even if like spoiler alert, for anybody who hasn't read the first Warm Bodies book or seen the movie. <laughs> uh, even after there is this quote-unquote cure for the zombies, again, it becomes about like, okay, well, where do we go from here? What happens after the zombie apocalypse? And that's a question I don't think uh, gets asked a lot in any form of zombie media, whether it's books or television, movies, video games. And that to me is always way more fascinating than just, ooh, zombies, we need to run away. You know, like, uh, what do you do after that? 
Like, if you do manage to find a cure for this, what happens then? What becomes of the world? You know, obviously there's a lot of rebuilding that you need to do. So what is that like? And that's what these books are about. You know, it's about the world. It's about humanity and what, what all of that stuff means. So, yeah, I think as a television series, this has potential to be uh, very interesting and very fascinating. Like I said, I know the books are. I've read the books. They're amazing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. So now that I've babbled about that, uh, you guys have any thoughts on this at all? <laughs> so, Cliff, I'll let you go first since I've been taking it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all good. Uh, it's about the team, okay? No, um, <laughs> I I remember like you asked me to watch this movie, and I remember sitting down mm-hmm. and just like just enjoying the presentation of it. I didn't really, and I'll be honest, I really didn't get it. I was just like, no, it just I thought it was done. I thought it was a, overall was a great story. I never, and you brought up an interesting point because I know I've heard people say well, it's like Twilight but with zombies. Like, and, and I never felt that way about the movie. I just felt like mm-hmm. it was legitimately about, you know, a a girl trying to save a zombie who she believes is starting to turn human. And it was like, mm-hmm. I like this a lot. And I, and I remember like all the other stuff that was going on behind the scenes. And I was like, yo, I actually, the more I thought about, the more I started to enjoy the movie. So seeing the TV show being in the works, I'm like, mm-hmm. man, this is, this is going to be so fly. I'm hyped. Like, I can't wait. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, me too, man. I'm excited. Uh, Swag, what do you you got anything to say about it? Uh, well, I mean, like you, you know, you, you read the book and then the movie came out, and then you you kind of, you know, you brought you said that you know you you got me in hype like hyped for the movie, and I enjoyed it. It's still one of my favorite movies, uh, and it's. It's one, it's like the story, like it, it still sticks with me mm-hmm. as like a, a really, like it's different, you know, for like a zombie movie, but it's still like good. Like, and like when, you know, hearing that there's a, uh, that they're going to do a TV show, you know, like I'm hyped for that to get to see the rest of the story, you know? Yeah. And even just hearing the bits and pieces that you would come to tell me about when you're <laughs> yeah. reading the books, like, like I was interested, like very yeah. interested, and like to to see this stuff, you know, come to life on TV is gonna be awesome. Yeah, so I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, straight up, straight up. Cause like, uh, I'm gonna mention something real quick, uh, and I'm not gonna give away any spoilers. But like when I was reading the Burning World, uh, swag. I know you're gonna remember this because. It's in that book where we do finally start to get some answers as to who R was before he was a zombie. And you remember I had a theory. I was like, oh, I think I know. I think I know what, who and what he was. I think it's this. And then yeah. the more I read it and the more I read it, I was like, I was right. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So, yeah. Those things that I'm excited to see play out in live action. Like, if, if they stick to the source material. Because I know that's going to, like, that's going to blow people's minds. So, so yeah, man, I, you know, I can't really say any more about it just other than I'm excited. Uh, I love the book series. And like I said, um, uh, support Isaac Marion, the author, because he, 
he's a great guy. He's a nice guy. He's funny. He he's very interactive with his fan base. So I mean, he's he and I have spoken to each other a few times online, and like every time he like replies to something or he'll quote me or whatever, I always get a little giddy inside. I'm like, oh my god, he <laughs> like he he acknowledged my existence, but. <laughs> But I mean, he's just a good dude. So, and I know he's excited for the the television series. As well. I mean, who like? Of course he would be. It's his baby. <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. I again, I have nothing else to say other than I'm really excited. I hope, I hope everybody out there is, and yeah. So, <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for the bulk of the news. Before we get into couple of uh, other segments that we like to do on this show it's time it's everybody's favorite time it's game time all right <laughs> so cliff swag uh i don't know if we mentioned this the last few episodes but uh mk11 officially has been released and i know that's the thing that uh i, I know swag's been playing it like crazy like yeah <laughs> if you if you guys haven't already checked out his youtube channel go check out his youtube channel mr swagtastic because he's been uploading mk11 content and uh i saw that video <laughs> i'm not going to say the title of it oh you yeah. know which one <laughs> dude i when it popped up in my feed dude i was like oh i got to watch this and i hit play <laughs> it's a short clip it's a short clip. I think it's only like 49 seconds, but oh my God, did I laugh so hard watching that. So, yeah. If you, Yo, guys aren't, I, if you guys aren't, what's up? No, I 100%. It's a ball buster. <laughs> yes, Bravo. it is. Bravo. Well done. So you guys go check out Mr. Swagtastic on YouTube. Go check out his MK content. I know he just uploaded another video today. today. I haven't checked it out yet. But uh, I'll watch it before the day is out. So <laughs> with all that being said, I know this is one of the, the most anticipated games of the year. Unfortunately, I have yet to play it. Don't worry, I'm going to get on it. It's just that it's con season right now, and I'm focusing on conventions right now. But I'm going to get MK11 as soon as I can so we can all get together and play. But that being said, uh, you guys go swag what's been your experience with this game uh you know did it live up to your expectations how oh, much have yeah. you enjoyed playing it like yeah just just go go to give, give me your thoughts like, i was excited to just like even just seeing like the first pieces of gameplay it was i was excited and very interested in in the new changes and just everything and i was excited to like after every single reveal Every week, I was like, you know what? This roster's shaping up to be pretty, pretty sick. Like, I cannot wait to play every single one of these characters. And so far, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, like it's for like what two two straight weeks now? Like going on three? Like yeah, yeah I've like that. been playing it at least like you know couple matches a day. I at least get on and get through, run through like one or two towers, and then I'm out. Like I will, <laughs> I will log on every day. Like it's it's fun. It's mm -hmm. I will I you know like I'm saying 
I'm having a lot more fun than I was last week, this week. And that's because, yeah. like, I don't know if you guys heard of all the 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 issues that people were having with the game on launch. Which Yeah, was, I did hear a little bit about that. Yeah, like, it was... Like, people were saying, like, it was microtransaction heavy, which is... <laughs> it was... It was more grind heavy than it was yeah. microtransaction heavy. Yeah, and that's I, what I, I heard. I heard it was like like the grind wasn't in, incredibly insane. Yeah, because yeah. the crypt was just it was really difficult to get the very like the currencies that weren't the coins. Yeah, but, yeah. it was. Yeah, really it was like it was like those. the source crystals from uh, Injustice Two. Injustice Two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It took hours yeah, heard just to get that. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard like that was like the major complaint I was hearing from people who were playing the game, and I was like, "Oh, well, then I'm glad I'm waiting to <laughs> waiting to get my copy because hopefully yeah. they'll have this all ironed out by the time I get to it." So, and I I will say like it, they they definitely made it better because I have a lot of gear for a lot of characters that I'm very happy uh, mm-hmm. to have. Like I. <laughs> I have a uh, very special loadout for my man Johnny Cage. Uh, he, I got a skin for him, and it has my channel colors on it. And I named it Swagtastic Johnny or Swagtastic nice. Cage. I don't remember, but yeah, that's my favorite one. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, and I, I have, you know, I have all the, I have a bunch of the intros and the victory animations. It's, it's definitely way better than it was last week. Nice. It's a lot that's easier to, to get. Yeah, yeah, so that, yeah that, that's happy. definitely good to hear. I'm happy with the changes that's, well, that's that they good. made with the with the patch that they released Monday, I believe. And I feel like if if you haven't given it a second chance yet, you should totally do it this week, or just any time, you know, soon because it is better than it was for sure. That's good. Like I said, that that is very good to hear because. Like I said, that was also part of the reason why I was holding off on getting it because, like I said, I heard a lot of the a lot of the complaints and, you know, it. For me, it's kind of a, it's it's tough for me to want to drop money on something when people are like, well, you know, like, yeah. this is a big problem and that's a big problem and whatnot. And so I'm like, all right, but I mean, I know we live in the age where developers will hear complaints like this and be like, all right, we'll fix it. Yeah, which is what happened almost immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like I'm pretty sure the day after release they had a stream, and they addressed yeah. it. And like, yeah, we're working on the patch. We're aiming for end of the week. Yeah, and and it was funny because I heard uh, Ed Boone because he tweeted about it. He was saying like people are saying it's microtransactions. It's not effing microtransactions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I mean, you know like I. I appreciate that he got out there and was like, "There's no microtransactions." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, that that would have been another thing for me where it's like, "Yeah, I don't know if I want to play it then." Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, I think it's good. I think it's good that they kind of got ahead of all that stuff and they said, "Okay, we hear you." Like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. like it's always good when a company or a developer or whoever is like, "All right, we hear you, and we're going to yeah. do something about it." So, a good. Yeah, I appreciate that for sure. Um- a great like example of like just how dedicated they are to you know listening to feedback like 
the another problem was on day one, like the the towers were very difficult. Like mm-hmm. bosses had so much health, it was almost impossible to beat all the, yeah. the bosses that were there. And like, I think that it was that very night uh, on launch day they did something server side. They'd made a change, and mm-hmm. like no, like I think uh, like a YouTuber that I follow. Uh, he even said, like, yeah, we noticed it. Like, we were playing last night. Like, it booted us out of the tower, and we got back in, and everything seemed easier. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, so, when, they, you, when you say the, the bosses were difficult, like, what are we talking about? Is it like... Like, like you, you remember, remember in Injustice, Injustice 2? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Was it like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, they, the, you'd run into the one specific part of the, you know, the Earth... Yeah. In the multiverse and it was just the one character that you had to defeat yeah it was it's like that in the tower like you just have <laughs> okay. one tower with one person that you have to defeat and then there you go you're done but yeah they, they yeah. had a ton of health like i tried doing uh on launch there was one for johnny cage that i tried doing and i couldn't beat him and even the ai couldn't beat him it was oh boy that's yeah, yeah. that's never a good sign yeah but yeah like yeah they 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 fixed that right away like the night of launch well that's good fast very fast that's good that's good to hear and uh you were uh you had sent me a thing uh on a via message and and i I know i i never got around replying to you but i i figured we'll talk about it here yeah uh talk to me about that feature where it's you can ask another fighter for help yeah, the group towers, which I had barely found out when I sent you that message was this week. They have yeah. towers where you can jump in with two of your friends and you mm-hmm. can all take on this boss and, uh, you know, like tag team style. Like, say I invited you to. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, you join in first, then Cliff joins in second. I'll take you know, first hits on, say, Scorpion, who it was right. that day. Uh, oh, okay. You guys have uh, some things that you can throw into the ring, you know, like some abilities that'll stun Scorpion, abilities that'll oh, help right me on. so that way Scorpion can't chain me and I can get hits off and I'll take less damage or uh, you'll get drop something in the ring that'll help me, give me some health. But if I go down... Uh, Antonio will go in next, you know, do some damage. Then Cliff will go in and, you know, finish him off, <laughs> take him down, and nice. we'll get the we'll get the rewards for the tower all together. And it's it's pretty sweet. Like I really that sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, like I kind of wish we had that stuff in Injustice too, but oh, for sure that would have made things a lot easier. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, like, but yeah, that all sounds really cool, man. Like now, I'm like, I should just go out and get that game right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we can all link up and play. Oh yeah. But I mean, like I mentioned earlier, like it's con season, so I just dropped yeah. a bunch of money earlier today on like pieces that I need for costumes. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's no. that's why I haven't gotten on MK11 just yet. So, uh, so yeah, that all sounds really awesome, Cliff. Uh. I know you've been playing. So what are what are your thoughts? What are your opinions on this game so far? 
So I definitely think I like the combat system in here a lot better than what was on uh, MK10. I know a lot of people yeah. are going to be kind of... Um, it was a great... It's a it's a rhythm game, which I really kind of like appreciate. Like, you can't just, like, mash a button and hope you hit, like, someone 30-hit combo with just hitting the X button <laughs> repeatedly. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, so I definitely appreciate it. Um, I definitely like the story. The story... Mm-hmm. really got in depth and what i really love there's like huge twists in there and i don't want to spoil it for anybody kind of like the end game mm-hmm. so we're uh we're just gonna let you figure it out yourself um but no i definitely appreciated <laughs> all the ins and outs um i loved uh man just the introduction of new characters it was just great mm-hmm. and uh of course i'm a huge uh noob sabot fan have been since mk mk3 ultimate so it's definitely like yeah, one of those like great throwbacks yeah. to see him, and he is a straight asshole. Somebody like <laughs> did a compilation yeah. of like all of his intros. He is a dick, and I oh, yeah. love it. <laughs> Shocker! Shocking! <laughs> yeah, like even but just he... the 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 intro dialogue between him and Sub Zero in the reveal event, just him basically saying that. Like disowning Sub Zero right on the spot as a brother, like <laughs> yes, <laughs> savage. Yeah, he's a straight dick. I'm like, no, yeah. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, so so swag. Like, what did you think of uh, some of the new characters in the game? Uh, I really like them. Like intro dialogues. Like, I don't know when they. I think maybe ten, but like my experiences uh, with the intro dialogues is like for their games like advancing into like this this conversation before the fight was injustice mm-hmm. too and like yeah, yeah in this game like it's it's even better oh well, that's <laughs> like, good yeah like it's 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 at times funny but at times it's also like very serious and mm-hmm. like it gets you know the mood ready it gets you in the mood to like you know <laughs> Just take him down, beat the crap out of him, and then perform that fatality at the end. Feel very, very proud of yourself for killing, <laughs> killing that person. Well, that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I I get what you're saying. I feel that. I feel that. Cliff, yeah. um, you were talking a little bit about some of the new characters. What what were some of your favorite additions to this game? Yeah, I think. I think Garrus is is oh, my yeah. favorite. Like nice. I I get I get, you know, obviously we brought back Scarlet, you know, there's some other characters that are still mm-hmm. kind of new to the series, but nah, Garrus, man. Like his fatality, the one that they showed <laughs> online, oh my god. <laughs> like I don't know how you rip off half of people's skin, but it's just fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> you know, I just he's got one of the greatest finishers like I've I don't want to say ever, but it's like one of the top ten that you're that's just like, another God thing. bless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that's another thing about MK eleven. It's like with me, like in video games, like the gore doesn't really like get me, but like MK eleven, like every single fatality, I'm like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's gotta that's yeah, you're yep. definitely dead. <laughs> It's like, oh, if this was real life, you would definitely not be coming back for MK12. No. That's the thing. Like, you're talking about Garrus' fatality, the one where he just pulls you 
just <laughs> in like rips you in half, like like yeah. peeling like you know peeling the freaking plastic off of a new cell phone. Like it's <laughs> it's so it's so it's awesome, but it's so painful to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like that's a pretty good description, like yeah. straight up. I like that. Well, it's like you know, even like Cassie Cage, where like she blows out oh, your yeah. chest, and then she like yeah. makes a little heart with her hands and blows you a kiss, and you're like, <laughs> "Fucking <laughs> savage!" Yeah. <laughs> Just some... kicks time... your heart right out of your chest. Yes. <laughs> Every time I see it, I'm just like, "Have some respect for the dead." And it is me, I think. <laughs> have you have you seen her other fate? No, not yet. Not she, yet. Do you want me to tell you? Go ahead. <laughs> it's it's probably her better one. Like I love it so much. Like it's so cage because she like uh <laughs> it's like a, a mid fatality and she she pulls out her guns, runs at them, shoots them like up the middle, right? She throws the guns to the side goes in for the kick, kicks you in the nuts, and your spine straight and skull straight up flies out of your body. Jesus. <laughs> and I was... God. <laughs> One of my favorite YouTubers, like, I could not have reacted to this fatality better. He was like, I have never seen somebody get kicked in the nuts that hard. <laughs> I yeah. know it. I did see it because I remember, like, the tailbone comes flying out, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. This game just sounds like a bloody good time. So. It is. It's filthy. Yeah. I, I definitely can't wait. Can't wait to get a hold of it. Because, like I said, like, we're all going to have to, like, hook up online and play. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so Yeah. Um. All right. You guys have anything else you want to talk about before we move on? Who are your like top three favorite characters, Cliff? Uh. So right now, it's got to be New Saybot, obviously, because he's just that's my yeah. main. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah. I like Scarlet and Frost. Nice, nice. Uh, for me, that's Cassie's my number one. Which, I th- <laughs> uh, Antonio will know what I'm talking about. Like, Cassie's become the Harley Quinn of uh-huh. MK11. Yes. Which, like, to explain, Harley for me was, in Injustice 2, was my main, and she was like, yeah. insane. Like, I was insane with Harley Quinn. Like, I was yeah. unstoppable. Swags, <laughs> Swags Harley was, like, yeah, it was ungodly. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. difficult, like, like, cause I was pretty, I'm, I was and still am pretty awesome at Injustice too. But like, if Swag had <laughs> Harley and he came at me, it was like, all right, I, there's a, there's a pretty good chance I'm not gonna come out <laughs> on top of this one. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Cassie is starting to become like my number one. But uh, next up would be, uh, you know. Johnny Cage, and mm-hmm. number three uh, has to be. Oh, man, it's kind of difficult picking between <laughs> Newber Garris. I'm going to be honest, <laughs> but uh, if I had to pick one right now, I guess I would say 
noob. Because that teleport move is just way too... It's fun, and it's OP. <laughs> yep. Super nice. OP. <laughs> oh, yeah. And his second fatality is so fly when he puts the spear in you. Oh, yeah. He rips you in half. I'm like... Yeah. Dick. That's another one for me, too. Like, <laughs> like, it's not just, like, the visual. Like, yeah, it's hard to look at but it's more the sound design on that one yes mm, yeah like you feel it like it... <laughs> but like that, yeah. that's the thing i gotta say about mk the sound design is great like not just for yeah. fatalities just you can feel the punch and like mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's incredible like even like i know it's the same sound effect from Injust 2 but just kicking off a fatal blow, like that mm. sound is, it's satisfying yeah. when you get the, when you, you know, it hits. Oh, it yeah. makes the game yeah, even sure. more fun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I feel like um, enough attention doesn't, I mean, uh, I feel people don't give credit to the sound design enough. Because Indeed. good sound design, it, it just adds a whole new level to, to anything, really, whether it's a video game or a movie or even just music. So, yeah, yeah man, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I, I feel where you're coming Yeah. All right. Oh, so, wait, wait, wait. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Did you guys see the, the leaked uh, the files for MK11, who the DLC characters are? I did. I have not. <laughs> oh, by all so, means, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So, uh, first off, I got to get this out. Cliff uh, knows, so uh, but Antonio, you need to hear this. So, you remember, yeah, you remember when we were, you know, predicting like all these, all the guest characters, mm-hmm. the episode the week before the game dropped, and oh, yeah. we were I talking remember. about what DC character would be perfect for MK. Yeah, I remember. Joker is in the files. <laughs> nice. And uh and like even like I just today I saw a video about the another character that is in the files, the Terminator. Ooh. Uh I saw a video about the the dialogue between characters with the Terminator. And there were dialogue with there was dialogue with the Joker and the Terminator, and even like all the characters like Spawn and like I'm pretty sure like yeah this is happening, and these characters nice. are really the the DLC for this game is pretty insane. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's actually. Pretty uh, something I wanted to talk about a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, it's funny you bring that up, uh, the the Terminator, because uh, yeah, no, 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 it's no. weird because uh, you you're missing uh, the biggest character announced in that <laughs> game swag, and Antonio is it Shaggy? Antonio's gonna lose his fucking head when he hears it. I am probably missing this one. No, yeah, it, go for it. No, it's not Shaggy as much as I would love that shit to happen. But <laughs> yeah. it is Ash. Oh, yeah, I oh, forgot yeah, about yeah, that. That's yeah, right. yeah. I did hear about that. 
forgot yeah. about that was the one I wanted to tell Antonio too, like right off the bat. I forgot about that. <laughs> I did hear about that. I got so you. So yeah, yeah. Oh, and I forgot. Oh man, yeah, that's that's dope. Yeah. yeah. Uh that's that's super exciting. <laughs> I mean, you guys know I I love that I love the character. I love so yeah no so yeah i i really i really hope it's all legit because this all sounds really awesome yeah can't wait and the other one cannot wait the big the big character i can't wait to see get brought back to the mortal kombat realm um as far as just like just straight mortal kombat fighters right uh night wolf was rumored to be one of those as well oh yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like that's another huge character to me um and then uh, Fujin and Sindel and Shiva were all rumored to be yeah. in there as well. So, like, it's just, to me, I'm just excited to see Nightwolf get brought back. I'm just a huge fan of his. Especially even that knockoff version that they did in Mortal Kombat 2 Annihilation, the movie. I'm just, I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of him. Just his whole character, his persona. I just, I'm hyped. So I can't wait to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Right on. So yeah, yeah, that's this all sounds very exciting. Um, like I said, I can't wait to get a hold of the game, and uh, we'll all link up and play sometime. So, all right, so uh, we got to get moving, guys, because uh, it's getting pretty late. So, <laughs> so now we're gonna move on to uh, Cliff and I's favorite segment, uh, and this week is gonna be uh, uh, again. This is gonna be one of those ones where where we have two we have two episodes in the chamber that we got to talk about, but we are gonna talk about. Doom Patrol, that's right. Because uh, we didn't get to talk about it last week because we were busy uh, talking about uh, Endgame. So here we, ha- here we go. Let's get into it, Cliff. Uh, where do we start? We start with last week's episode, which was Francis Patrol. Francis Patrol. Yes, and that if you guys are wondering who Francis is, strap in because this, is... <laughs> this was a heck of an episode. And... Uh, uh, this one re- I really I really enjoyed because we we got to understand we finally got to understand a little bit more about Larry uh negative man and just what it is between him and uh the negative spirit that's inside of him and uh it was nice to see um you know that whole story with him and uh what's what was the other guy's name Cliff uh... I can't remember his name Jeez, I'm on the tip of my tongue, and I'm just forgetting. Uh, John, John, John. Yeah, it it was nice to see that whole thing. Like you know, he went he went to visit John again after however many years, and you know, uh, the, just the way that whole story sort of came to came to its conclusion. I think at this point, I mean, I don't really see how much further they could go with it. Um, but uh, it was nice. I thought it was it was very sweet and very. Uh, I think Larry needed that, you know, sort of that closure on that part of his life, because he seemed to really be struggling with it, in in the present. I think that's sort of what is keeping him from being, more of a hero. So hopefully we'll see him start to be a little bit more proactive. Um, but also just the tragedy of these two men who. You know, unfortunately, because of the time that they lived in, you know, people were less tolerant and they had to sort of hide who they were from the rest of the world. You know, it, it, it's, 
I really enjoy what they did with Larry uh, in the show. Because like I said, this this was never his comic book backstory. And I think that doing stuff like this is more... is It obviously makes it more contemporary, but it also allows you to explore aspects of the character that you probably wouldn't have if you had just done a straight-up adaptation of the character. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that part of the story, uh, that part of the episode. Uh, Cliff, what did you think about this particular story arc? I, it was, it was sad. Like mm-hmm. you're talking about, because obviously you know they're from a different time span, right? In the in the fifties, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you're like watching him, like you know, John is John is professing, like he wants to like talk about their love openly and how much he cares about Larry and Larry mm-hmm. wants to be very secluded. You know, obviously he's very with, withdrawn and even, and it's something that John said, he, he said, you know, even in your dream, he's like, you're never wanting to, to be about us. He's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to spend the rest of my days just thinking about how you don't want to showcase us or something similar to that. And, um, yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, damn because i thought about it and then when larry said it he was just like what do you mean days and i was just like oh fuck it's like no but it was definitely yeah. cool to see him go and visit john and they had their relationship and you know things kind of things kind of fell off and then you just and you could definitely tell like that's definitely what the negative of the spirit was trying to tell Larry was that yeah. John doesn't have a lot of time and you need to go see him. And it was it was very nice to see that closure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's also what I thought too is you know cuz up until this point you've kind of been led to believe that the negative spirit was not necessarily bad but maybe didn't have Larry's best interest at heart. And so to find, you know, for in this episode like you said it, you, he finds out that he was he was telling him like, look, man, you need to go see you need to go see this guy. You know, it's the only thing that's gonna it's gonna help you at this point. So, yep. Like I said, like seeing that and you know it was it was it was nice. I think this episode did a lot for Larry's development as a character and uh, his story arc this for this first season anyway. So, yeah, I I, I really liked it. Uh, and then uh, let's talk about about the the other the uh, plots that were going on in this episode because uh, like I said uh, the episode was called Francis Patrol and if you want to know who Francis was um, uh, this gets into what Cliff and Rita got up to in this episode and it was uh, it's kind of heavy but also kind of funny <laughs> but you know because yeah. we'll get into what fran who who and what francis is <laughs> so uh the, the whole story with uh cliff steel robot man and his daughter uh kind of came sort of came to a head in this episode i i mean kind of but not really uh so he finds out that his former best friend who had adopted clara and was raised uh, Cliff finds out that he's died. He's passed away. So he takes Rita with him to go down to uh, the memorial service, right? And that's when he sort of uh, he runs into his daughter, who she doesn't know that he's her her real dad. 
Uh, and then, like, like I said, the funny part about this whole thing is you find out how how this guy died, and it's kind of ridiculous. And like, like uh, what what were you thinking, man? Uh, the title Francis Patrol comes from the name of a was it an alligator? It, it was an alligator. Yes, it was an alligator, <laughs> an alligator named Francis, uh, <laughs> who. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could figure out what happened, but <laughs> so, uh, Francis becomes this thing that, uh, Cliff, Cliff, let me, let me ask you, like, what did you think about this whole story? Cause I don't, I, I kind of want to get, don't want to get too far into it. Cause it, it, there's a lot going on with this story, whether it's, yeah. uh, Cliff and his daughter and, you know, all the, it was yeah. This one, this one's heavy, man. This one's heavy. Yeah. This episode. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Give me your thoughts on this. So, although this episode isn't like as heavy as maybe Jane Patrol, um, it right. definitely was like yeah, it was tough because like you know he obviously we find out that uh, Bump passed away trying to hunt Francis, which oh mm-hmm. my god, like idiot. Um, which and yeah. <laughs> we also find out that. It's a massive alligator, not just a little guy, and uh, a you know, big old I, alligator. I thought it was. I thought it was. It it obviously it's like every I don't know. I feel like it happens a lot in a lot of different movies, where like the char- main character is trying to get back into another character's life by doing some grand gesture and trying to be like their savior. Mm-hmm. A lot like I don't know. Karen's personality. Let's just put that out there. Um, mm-hmm. Stupid rom coms, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and that's <laughs> right. kind of where we were, right? Where uh, Cliff right. was like, "I, I, I got to do this grand gesture to get Clara to like me again, and then I could be like, hey, mm-hmm. here's what's going on.'" And Rita was like trying to be like his subconscious and tell him like, "No, that's a terrible idea. You should just yeah. know that she's okay and just leave." And eventually, um, she talked about. Clara talked about the watch that was so important yeah. to her that Bump gave her, mm-hmm. but we found out that the only reason why Bump it had was, the watch it was Cliff's, it was Cliff's yeah. watch that he had won at a race that was very important yeah. to him. Um, and that that really was like, damn, dude, like Bump legitimately was yeah. like, nah, I'm the badass father who I'm going to hand you this heirloom down that I'm going to take with me. And it was yeah. it was sad because like. It was sad, like watching yeah. Clara when she was talking about Bump and the watch. Like I, like I got where she was coming. Like I understood where she was emotionally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. So like I understood why Cliff thought that that was something he should do to like go go hunt Francis down and get the watch back. <laughs> but like, yeah, I get like. There, there's so much to talk about with this storyline because it's like, you know, at at the end of the day, Cliff, he doesn't even tell Clara that he's her dad. Yep. You know, he gets the watch back and he goes and takes it to her. But he just leaves it there for her and then he leaves. He doesn't even tell her. You know, he doesn't really tell her much at all, really. But I, I and I guess that's what I want to talk to you most about. Like, do you think... Was that the right thing to do? You know, was was keeping his identity from her the right thing to do? What like, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think it was because you know he wanted he kept wanting to tell her, kept telling her. I think ultimately he made the right choice, 
and just like, mm-hmm. here's the watch. I know like you don't know me, but you know that mm-hmm. this watch belonged to the guy who raised you, who would be your father. And uh, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I think here's the memory that you get to have and hold. Just enjoy it. And then he just left, you know. So I guess yeah. he ultimately, I think he did make the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. I think so too, but. Oh, there's this part of me that wants him to just be like, hey, I'm your dad, you know, just to get that out of the way. And then maybe we can deal with whatever else happens. But no, I I do agree. I think, yeah, I think maybe not telling her was the right thing to do because she was already mourning. Yeah. You know, and it would be a lot to dump on her to be like, hey, I'm your dad. I'm still alive. Sort just of. Stuck but, in this you robot know, body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that would have been too much to put on her. So. Maybe, maybe some some other time in the future. Yeah. So, but uh, before we move on from that particular story, like how dope was that shot of Francis jumping out of the <laughs> the swamp <laughs> towards Cliff? Like that, I was like, "Yo!" <laughs> I just like he was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah. That was pretty dope. I love that. I love that shot. It was very much like uh kind of uh Sharknado esque, <laughs> but it worked. I liked it. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> and then um refresh my memory because I it kind of got jumbled up. What was what was Vic and uh Jane up to this episode? I can't really recall. So Vic and Jane were looking for uh, is it Flex Mentello? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the for... comic book that Danny the Street had that Danny given. Gave him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they oh went right, on... and this was the episode where we found out what happened. That grid was um like turning Victor's insides uh mechanical robotic, yep. which is horrifying. That's super. That's horrifying. a pretty terrible like um yeah. That's a terrifying revelation to be had. Um, but that's what I that's what I was talking about when I said like when they when we when we got confirmation like this is where we're going with grid cuz it's like this opens up a whole lot of like body horror type of stuff like cuz you know he fi- like he opens up his arm and he like looks inside and there's like metal inside of him. It's it's like and that's not supposed to be there. Nope. You know, it's because Grid is like slowly replacing his organics with mechanical parts. That's scary. Like he didn't even know that was happening. Like Grid was doing that without permission and like without telling him. Like that's that's messed up. That's scary. <laughs> What's well, like so? Well, let's wait because we could talk about it in in the next episode. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The crazier part too was that like towards the end, like they. Jane got a lead from somebody mm-hmm. that knew who Flex was. They went to go meet them. Yeah. And eventually they ended up capturing Vic. And that's kind of yes. how the episode ended. Yeah, yeah. And that's all right, yeah, and that's perfect. That leads us right into this week's episode. Cyborg Patrol, which is uh this episode was it was this episode was like super crazy because it was it was it had a lot of the like the sort of dark humor that I love from the show, but also some of the really like dark, like WTF moments. 
<laughs> and we're yeah. going to get into that. But, um, yeah. So, okay, so help me out here. So the episode begins... It begins with uh, Silas coming to the to Doom Manor, right? And he's like, "Where? Where's my son? Where's my son?" No. So the episode so, starts okay. with Vic actually. Waking oh right, up. right, right. Yeah, he wakes up. He's in the ant farm. Yeah. Uh, which that place was creepy all this by itself. Terrifying. Like, uh, you know, we we see later like the operators; those things were creepy. <laughs> but yeah, so we we start off with uh, find out Vic is in the ant hill or um and he's talking to um is it jones of the the bureau of normalcy um yeah and then from there uh his system starts to reboot and shows him flashbacks mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's where he starts to freak yeah. out yeah and this is this was kind of rough to see to see Cyborg kind of having to relive, you know, because the whole time he's like, yeah, yeah, and like the whole time he's like, this isn't real, this isn't real, and it, you know, it's just like uh, his system kind of showing him more and more things, and it's like, wait, it's like, wait, wait what? Because you know, like we talk about how like the Chief, like, you know, like like the the further we get in Chief story, it's like, oh, maybe he's not such a great dude. Whereas I like that they did this with Silas where it's like they, they presented him like, uh, like just straight out of the gate, they sort of present him, him as not being such a great dude. But the thing about Silas is like, no, he's a good guy. He cares about his son. He just maybe doesn't know how to show it properly. And I like that. That's where we end up in this episode. Uh, Cause you know, Silas, he does, he goes to Doom Manor. He recruits uh, the Doom Patrol. He's like, "We got to go in there and get Victor out." And uh, you know, they do the old switcheroo on the on the audience, where it's like, "Oh, he sold out the Doom Patrol," but it's like, "No, he didn't really. No. This was all part of the plan, and they knew it." Um, but I liked some of the cool stuff that once the Doom Patrol was at the uh, the ant the ant farm, the ant hill, whatever it was called, like uh, you know, the the one lady slapped the sticker on Cliff's head where it was like scrap. Like I, I liked that. I liked that. I thought that was a pretty funny moment. I loved. Or uh, I think I think my favorite line oh, go ahead. from the, the my favorite line from the whole episode was when uh, he's like, "Look at me, I'm unfucking stoppable." And she was like, "Yeah, dude, we beat you with a magnet." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I loved that line too. That was my favorite line. Yeah, that was great. And then um, I also loved the part where, like. They smuggled Rita in inside of Cliff. Yes, and he like basically had to like vomit her up <laughs> to get her out. Like that was great. It reminded like, me of oh, a... you smell inside there. <laughs> it, reminded oh, of... it reminded me of Team America. You know what scene I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I really liked all the cool crazy and uh, like uh, you mentioned Karen. Like we got the return of Karen in this episode, which I thought that was a great scene as well, yeah, for multiple like, reasons. Shit, your name's supposed to. Yeah, be here. I loved like the dude who was <laughs> the guy who was in there like interrogating Jane, and he like puts the music on and like he's all dancing. She's like, "We get it, you douche nozzle. Like you've seen Reservoir Dogs. Like that. Yeah. That's one of the greatest. I love that line. reference." yeah it was so good 
so good. And uh, I liked that the song, like whatever the song that he came on afterwards was the trigger for Jane, like for Karen to come out. And I liked that Jane knew that Karen was coming out because she was like, no, 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 no. Like she started freaking out because she knew Karen was going to come out. Yeah, it was so, wild, man. Yeah, I love, I, as much as I think uh, Karen is a, a psycho and a, a a nuisance. Like I, it was it was good to see her. I thought. <laughs> yes, I one hundred percent agree. I loved seeing Karen. And was that was it Jane or was it Hammerhead that popped up next? You know, I'm not sure. I I, I was wondering to, that myself. I had so, to think yeah. it was Hammerhead because, like Jane, normally like Jane's a bitch, right? But she's not like. Mm-hmm. It looked very much because, yeah. like, she was wearing a shirt, so you couldn't really see if she had the tattoo. Yeah, you couldn't see the tattoo. Yeah, but you could definitely tell, tell, like, the attitude that she had, where she was like, "Hey," and bow, and it was like super strong. So yeah. it made me believe that was Hammerhead. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. It probably was Hammerhead, but yeah, I uh, ah man, Again, I just wish it were easier for us to tell because, like you said, normally it's the tattoo that's the tell, but we couldn't see it. So. Again, it goes back to the question, though. How many mm-hmm. people were riding with the conductor to them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, you know what? That raises another question, too, because, like, if that song is what triggered Karen, did Karen hear the song and then just, like, hijack the train and head up there? <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious. I need Me to too. know. I need I to know need, these things. I need this, I need this knowledge now. <laughs> I, I need to know how it works. So... <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so um there was a lot going on in 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 this whole like the the whole back end of this episode cuz I mean uh let's get into it because this is the well, okay, before we get into the part that really messed with my head. Let's can we talk about the butts? Yo, yes. That was the butts are loose. <laughs> <laughs> the butts, yes. The butts are loose. I was like, did I hear that right? And then sure enough, <laughs> From around the corner, just an army of butts just comes out and like attacks all the agents and the soldiers and whatnot. And I'm just like, you know, for a second there, I forgot which show I was watching, but now I know. <laughs> so, you, I have to give like, yeah, the, I have to give props to the to the guys who created Doom Patrol because like, you legitimately have shown us a talking street. Mm-hmm. A pack of wild butts. Mm-hmm. Uh, a a ape woman, I guess is what we could call her, right? A dude, yeah, a, like a dude who wants to be a superhero, and he gets a raptor stuck to the yeah. side of his face. A talking robot, yep. a man with a spirit, a blob, a girl with seventy-two different personalities, and a a man who's like broken in pieces and I fucking love yep. it. <laughs> right? Like the, that's what I'm talking about. Like every week when I think this show can't get like, remember I was like, when we talked about the beard hunter, I was like, oh God, I thought the Danny hunter. the street was peak, was peak doom patrol. And then the beard hunter showed up and I was like, no, this is peak doom patrol. After this episode, I'm like, no, the butts, the butts. That's definitely Peak Doom Patrol right there. Because <laughs> I honestly don't know 
and I'm saying this fully aware that I, I'm sure they're going to pull something that's going to surprise me even more, but I honestly don't know what that could be at this point. So, right. I don't so, get I it. mean, we're going to find out. Yep. We're going to find out, but you know, I don't know what it is. So yeah, <laughs> the butts, that was great. I, I was watching the episode and I, I, I'm not exaggerating this. I fell down laughing when I saw the butts come around the corner. So this is the show we're watching and I love it. I love it. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's get to the, let's get to where this episode really takes a dark turn because this, uh, this really messed with me, especially when I connected the dots afterwards. Uh, you find out what was going on with Vic. Uh, the reveal is made after the fact, but uh, you find it. You find out it was Mister Nobody was messing with Vic, showing him things that necessarily weren't true, or maybe you know were out of context or something. But it, oh, man, it was so messed up because I, I mean, you know, Cliff, you saw the episode, you know what happened. But it, it, it's he like Vic. He he killed his dad. Yeah, he like beat him to death, and it was. Like, oh my god, like, that was tough to watch. That was tough for me to watch. Like, you know, and like I was saying, like, it, it they did an interesting thing where, like, with the Chief and with Silas, where Chief is kind of presented as this, this really good, noble person, and then over the course of the show, you're like, um, maybe he's not such a good guy after all. And they kind of did the reverse with Silas, where it's like, hey, this guy's a douchebag, and you shouldn't trust him. But then you do find out like, oh no, he's a good guy and he really does care about his son. And then to see the way Mr. Nobody tricked Victor and it was just, it was horrible. Uh, And because like I said, like I connected the dots afterwards where it's like Victor already blamed himself for his mother's death. You know, he, he, he openly said like, I killed my mom. And now, because of Mr. Nobody, he's killed his father. And that, that is so, like, dude, I can't even imagine. And, like, I got to give shout-outs to, uh, again, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, jo- Jovan Wade, Jovan Wade, the actor who plays Cyborg on the show, because his performance there at the end, when he realizes what happened, was... Uh, it, it was powerful, man. He moved me. Like yeah. I, I was like, dude, I understand. Like I, I, I'm right there with you, man. I feel it. So yeah, man. The 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 ending of this episode and that twist that you find out it was Mister Nobody who manipulated Victor. It was shocking, for it a lot of reasons. Devastating. Like it was brutal. Yeah, yeah. it was devastating. devastating. I agree. Like yeah. yeah. It caught me off guard because it's like, I thought at first when I saw like the fight break out, right? And he started hitting his dad repeatedly. I just thought he knocked his dad out. I didn't realize his dad was dead Mm -hmm. until like when everybody came around the corner and was like, what happened? You know? And I was like, oh, fuck, man. Like, that's heavy. Because like his dad was legit trying to save him. Like, yo, it's grid. It's grid. Grid will help you. Please just let me help you. Just trust me. And he was like, no. Bam! Yeah. Like, oh shit! And then yeah. when when it reveals to be Mister Nobody, 
my wife was sitting right next to me while I was eating dinner, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. That, was, yeah. Man, that hurt a lot. Like, like, like I said, man, it, it was it was tough for me to watch, man, because, oh, oh, man, it, it like, it's it still, like, you know, like, after I watched the episode, I, I like, kind of sat there and thought about it for a while, and, like I said, I kind of connected those dots, but, like, you know, just thinking about it again now, it's like, oh, man, this is, yeah, like, what's this going to do to Vic, you know, going going forward? Like, what, uh, like, what kind of, what's the fallout of this for Victor? And it's interesting, this is, this opens up a lot of interesting story, I think, because, you know, in almost every iteration of um, Cyborg, whether it's in the comic books or whatever, like his his father is sort of always there for him. And I don't know what the story is going to be going forward now. Right. I mean, unless he's not dead, like maybe he just like put him in a coma or something. <laughs> but I I don't know. Like this is this is yeah, this is crazy. It's a bold choice for the show for them to do that, but. Yeah, I can only now I'm just now I'm just waiting for the next episode to see what happens and the next episode and the next episode. So, you so, know what? Yeah, yeah, man. This the other part that really threw yeah, me ahead. off was how prepared the Bureau of Normalcy was for the for the Doom Patrol. Like they had an answer yeah. for everything. I was like, Jesus. Because even like the negative spirit, man, as soon like yeah. Larry was like, if you're going to fight, now's the time to fight. And he bails and they sucked him up like it was like Ghostbusters yeah. or shit. Yeah, exactly. It was like they Ghostbustered him. Like they even had the trap for him too. Right? I was like, what? I was like, they geez. were so, yeah, that's a good point. Like they were so prepared for them. But I mean, like that's also kind of why they had to smuggle Rita in, which I yep. thought like, again, when that reveal was made, I was like, ah, that was clever. I would have never thought of that. Oh, Trojan horse. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, this episode was this episode was crazy. Like it, it got super dark at the end. So Yeah, I can't wait for uh, <laughs> next week's episode. Um I think it's called yeah. Flex Patrol, so I'm definitely hyped. Yes. Yeah, because we're finally gonna get some flex mentalo. So <laughs> and that's a that's an interesting that's a deep cuts uh, character from the comic books. So, excited to see that for sure. Uh, but that also, like, I want to, I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit because I remember uh, before the show came out, before even Titans came out, you know, people were asking, like, oh, is it going to be like Netflix or is it, they just going to drop the entire season all at once? And then, like, as you know, uh, no, they don't do that. They do it. Uh, week by week, one episode per week. Unless you're Young Justice and then they do like three episodes a week. <laughs> but whatever. Um, but honestly, I like that better because like when you binge watch a show, you know, you're just watching one episode right after the other. I feel like you don't really have the time to sort of sit there and let what just happened like weigh on you. Like right. Like this episode. You know, like the ending to this episode, like if, if I had had the opportunity to just go into the next episode, like none of this stuff would have registered with me the way that it has. And like I said, I wouldn't have been able to connect certain dots the way that I did. So like, yeah, I mean, I appreciate this model 
way more than just binge watching a show all all in one sitting because you know you do have the time to to sit with what just happened and, and to sort of reflect on it and collect your thoughts um i mean it, it just really doesn't have a whole lot of significance to the to the show i just there's something to think about you know what i mean because like we live in this era of of uh binge culture where everything is like i want the next one now right now right now and i think that that sort of deprives viewers of the experience you know like what you and i just went through with this show so yeah you know know, don't don't underestimate that experience it's it's pretty rewarding yeah i agree because you know like you can you can binge watch the show. Go ahead, do your thing. You're probably not gonna catch a lot of the key points, or you're probably just not. You're you're missing the minor details that lead to the major ones. You know, it's like yeah, something something my wife and I just did. Uh, we watched this show on Hulu, actually called The Act. Um, mm, very yeah. interesting piece. Um, it was over mm. uh, the Gypsy Rose murder, and uh, oh I, wow, yeah. And uh, there's it's only eight episodes long, and each episode is probably like 35, 45 minutes, really. Um, but you could watch all eight episodes at one shot. But what we ended up doing was doing mm-hmm. one episode a night. And, mm-hmm. yo, I, at the end of every episode, I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, like not yeah. that I, not that I'll give you too much, right? So to give you kind of a synopsis, right? So um, Gypsy Rose, this was about uh, a girl. She's in her twenties now, um, but she murdered her mom, who had a Munchau Munchausen Munchau, you know, uh, Man, Man, Manchusen. No, uh, Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she, you know, the mom believed that the daughter was had all sorts of chronicle sicknesses uh sickness and uh yeah it was that's all you need to know it's a fucking crazy ass ride but yeah i bet patrice uh but, patricia uh, arquette is in the show and it's amazing oh, nice. yeah nice. great casting too gotta put that out there yeah yeah for sure for sure but yeah i mean like i feel like even if you do that, like if you just do one episode per night, like I I feel like even that gives you time to like sort of sit there with whatever you just watched, you know? Like I feel I feel like people are too you know, like I said, people just demand everything like right away. Yep. And that's sort of where binge culture came from and it's and like don't get me wrong, like if you do that, that that's fine. Um I just think you know pace yourself like really really take everything because like binge watching is like binge eating you know like you're not taking the time to like really appreciate appreciate like the flavors and the textures and whatnot so like take your time it's okay trust me it's better that way (laughs) but you know that's my opinion i agree all right so yeah that was uh that was doom patrol like i said it it got pretty dark there at the end of this episode so uh i mean from the looks of next week's episode it looks like it'll be a bit lighter which should, which will be nice because <laughs> like i said uh i feel like every now and then you need kind of a palate cleanser from some of the darkness or some of the heavy sort of uh uh content so yeah can't wait again i i love this show uh uh i think like as much as you and i were talking about how much like the 
what was it, Hair Patrol, was kind of a dip after Jane Patrol. It's like, eh, I feel like sometimes it's necessary. So Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, maybe, next, maybe next week's episode will be the same, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah. All right. So, yeah, Doom Patrol, love it. Like I said, uh, Cliff and I, we talk about it every week. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you guys aren't watching it, Again, like we say this every week, go watch it. My God, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, it's uh, this and Titans and uh, Young Justice season three. Like if you're a Young Justice fan like I am, these shows alone are worth the the subscription to the service. Like it, it, it's amazing. So again, we're not getting paid to say that. We just genuinely love this content. So and, and we want you to enjoy it too. So go check it out. Uh, all right. So. Uh, that's going to do it for us uh, today. This was a pretty big episode, considering. Uh, so, all right, we're going to wrap it up, uh, get everybody out of here. So, Cliff, uh, go ahead and tell everybody where to follow you at online. Yeah, so you guys can find me um, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, uh, PlayStation 4, uh, CM underscore Miller 85. You guys can also catch me here on Franken Culture with uh get the ko as well as frankensteiner so our ufc or mma i should say and our uh wrestling podcast uh here um and i know currently one of our uh reporters julie chewbacca she's actually at penguin mm-hmm. con right now so she's out she's yep. out in the field yep. you guys will catch her on instagram here uh with frankenculture talking about all the great stuff that she's doing so be on alert with that. That's right. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, swag, uh, go ahead and pimp your uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, man. Just uh, come join me over in the, the swagtastic world of Mr. Swagtastic on YouTube. Ah, <laughs> oh, my nuts. That's right. Go check him out. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, he's, he's uploading uh, MK11 content in addition to uh, the, the other great content that he puts out. So... Go go check him out. Go subscribe. Throw him some likes. Uh, like I said, it, I like to put his stuff on sometimes if I'm bored or I don't have anything else to watch. And then I, I watch his stuff and I just laugh. So <laughs> go check him out. And I am Antonio Padilla, as always. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. And you can find my, my PlayStation ID tag uh, at Tron Pilgrim. You can find me on Instagram, Snapchat. Snapchat at Tron Pilgrim 87 and you can always find me here uh, on Nerds of the Roundtable at anchor.fm slash nerds. That's going to do it for us uh, for this week. You can catch us next time, same nerd time, same nerd channel. Have a good night, folks. <laughs>